Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. One of the things that I am truly passionate about is health. We don't put enough stock in how we feel. And we also think that we have to hustle all the time. And I wanna introduce you to my friend who really takes this concept and spins it on its head. Not only has she created holistic healing for herself, but she has created a business of it and has taught other business owners how to use this same skill in their business. So without further ado, I want you to meet my friend. Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. I want to introduce you to my friend and fellow business owner, Laura Schoenfeld. Now, you have a different last name because you're married, but this is your yeah. business name. Is that well, how that works? Not legally, you got the right name. <laughs> I haven't changed my name yet. I'm not sure if I will or not. We haven't made that decision yet. Oh, so interesting. Well, Laura and I are actually in a mastermind together. And she is currently pregnant with her first child, which is a girl. And I have a girl first. So that's always fun. But There are so many things that Laura and I have connected with in terms of business, in terms of health, in terms of, you know, just all sorts of different things that I knew that the audience that listens to my podcast would love. And so I had to have Laura here. So Laura, tell us a little bit about you. I want to hear more about your journey and the whole nine yards. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to keep it short because I feel like I can definitely talk. So, um, I have been in the online business space since I started working for somebody named Chris Cresser, which I don't know if any of your audience will be familiar with him, but he's kind of well-known in the alternative ancestral functional medicine kind of space. Um, I started working with him when I was in grad school. And so that was in 2012 and I had actually started my own blog and website in 2011. So I've literally been involved either in somebody else's online business or my own online business for over a decade now. And it's kind of been an interesting journey to get to where I am today, because I feel like a lot of what got me to even become an online business owner was just seeing what other people were doing and realizing that I wanted the lifestyle and the freedom and the autonomy that having your own business, especially in the online space offered. So as soon as I graduated my nutrition program at UNC and um, Chapel Hill, I went straight into my own online business and started seeing clients both virtually and in person, but eventually, um, got rid of my office space and was only seeing clients virtually. And then in 2020, 2020, 2020, <laughs> I don't know why I had I'm like blaming everything on pregnancy brain right now. I'm like 31 weeks. And I'm like, my brain is just like, not, not functioning normally for the last few months. But in 2020, when, uh, you know, the pandemic started and in my industry, everybody that wasn't already online was kind of freaking out, right? Cause you kind of had to go online and 
um, if you had your own business and it was in person, there was a lot of challenges as far as how do I keep running my business? And one of the first people I helped transition online was my mom actually, who has a, a private practice nutrition business in Raleigh, North Carolina. So as I was helping her and I had a mastermind that I was running at the time, which was more for fun than for an actual like niche pivot. I realized that there was all these people that needed help to turn their like either brick and mortar or, you know, maybe it was a partially online business, but they really needed help getting into the full online space. And since at that point I'd been doing it for not only this other person, but also myself for eight years, I was like, I can help you. And that's the year I launched my signature program, which is called the nutrition business accelerator. So 2020 was the year that I decided to go all in on business coaching. And I got out of the health space, which I had been in for, you know, seven, eight years at that point. And now I work with health and wellness and nutrition entrepreneurs to help them start grow and scale online businesses. So it's been an interesting journey to get here. I definitely didn't see myself turning into a business coach. If you'd asked me like a few years ago, that's where I saw myself going. I definitely would not have said, yeah, of course I'm going to do a business coach, uh, business in the future, but I'd spent so much time learning about marketing messaging, copywriting, you know, effective audience growth, all of that stuff throughout my time working for, um, Chris, as well as growing my own business that I have all of this knowledge and skills that I now can pass along to other nutrition and health professionals who typically have not learned how to do, you know, effective writing and effective marketing and that kind of thing. So it's been fun. I really enjoy it. I love getting to connect with other entrepreneurs, other business owners, and, um, just being able to grow my skills in business and leadership in general has been really fun in the last couple of years. I love that. And it's so needed because there are so many talented people out there that really want to give and want to share with clients and other people about best practices, you know, holistic medicine, all these things. And the only reason they aren't sharing those things is because they don't know how to market themselves. And it blows my mind because I too, I was like you, I didn't know how to do that at first. Well, you obviously did when I first started, I should say I'm more like your clients. When I first started out, I was like, well, I just, I just need to be really good at what I do. No, I mean, yes, you do need to be really good at what you do, but how are people going to find you? Especially mm -hmm. in an online space, if you're not showing up in some way, shape or form as an authority in the space, it's, it's impossible. Um, mm -hmm. and so I love that you're giving a voice to, you know, people that are helping people holistically. And, you know, I just think our health is something that so many of us neglect. And I work so much with people in the business world and, you know, it's almost like a rite of passage or something, or, or like a, that's not right. Like bragging rights to not take lunch to, you know, just trash your health, um, because you're dedicated to your job. And you and I both know that's such a misnomer in terms of longevity, you know, all these things. And, and you and I are in a business, uh, mastermind together. That's about the holistic, the whole person, I should say. Um, about how your energy matters, how your time matters, how delegating matters. And um, I didn't share this with you, but right before our first live event where you and I actually personally met, um, 
my boss from the corporate world passed away from a heart attack and he was 56. He was, it was like about two or three weeks before, or maybe a month before he turned 57. And I just thought it, it was the lifestyle, you know, it was not living in alignment, living, you know, just, just going down this really destructive path. And, you know, as a business owner, it's actually even easier to do that because you're like, well, I'm a, you know, when you first start out, well, I'm a one man band. So I'm just going to do all this myself and I'm going to work hundred hour days and, you know, all of that. But you and I both know how unsuccessful that is and how that's so bad for your health, but it's also not going to help your business. Um, how did you learn that? How did you learn to not work hundred hour days? <laughs> I mean, for me, honestly, I think it had more to do with my interest in health in general and the particular challenges that I experienced probably when I was in my early to mid twenties. Um, and a lot of the, the health stuff I dealt with was because of like perfectionism and, you know, trying to do all the things and look a certain way and, you know, eat the perfect food and exercise the perfect amount. And I developed a variety of different hormonal issues at that time. Um, and this was really more when I was in grad school, I would say, which I mean, honestly, grad school is not that much different than having a job. I mean, it is because your, your schedule is quite, you know, all over the place, but it's not like I wasn't doing a full-time amount of work essentially. And, um, I, I developed symptoms of a condition that is it's, kind of a questionable condition. Um, it definitely exists, but people don't love the name. It's, uh, commonly referred to as adrenal fatigue. Essentially what it is, is something called hypothalamic pituitary axis dysregulation, which is when your brain and your adrenal glands start to not communicate in the most, uh, health promoting way. It's not, it's not a bad thing per se, because your body's doing it to protect you. However, it, feels bad when you're experiencing it. So a lot of times it can create low energy, um, you know, stubborn weight, like weight gain that's unintentional, um, for women, especially pre premenopausal women, it can affect menstrual cycle. So, you know, delayed periods, missing periods, bad PMS, that kind of thing. Um, so those hormonal issues that I was experiencing, I realized that that was a, uh, direct um, outcome of, you know, pushing myself too hard, trying to do everything perfectly. And again, in grad school, I didn't have as many choices about how I spent my time. Cause I was in a, um, I don't, I don't want to call it a dual degree program, but I got a master's in public health and a registered dietitian degree at the same time. So it was a pretty intense workload. And there was a lot of different types of classes that we had to take everything from like biochemistry to, um, you know, more public health type of classes, statistics, that kind of thing. And so I didn't really have as much control over what I was doing because there was a lot of classes I had to take, even if I didn't enjoy them or didn't want to do the work, I still had to do it to, to graduate. Um, but I did experience some, you know, not insignificant health challenges, which when you're in your early to mid twenties, that's not, you know, the time of your life where you're supposed to be experiencing health challenges. Right. So I, 
because of that, I got a lot more interested in women's health and hormone health and all of that. And I ended up doing a lot of that work before I pivoted into the business coaching space to learn about how to support women to help them have better hormonal health. Um, and so that experience, I think influenced a lot of how I approach business because I never want to get into a situation where I'm like messing up my hormone health because of my behavior in my business. And, um, you know, I think I've realized that that kind of busyness and excessive workload and everything is not actually even helpful for growing the business or for growing, you know, your finances or anything like that. So it's kind of this like, all right, I don't want to feel like crap. And I also want my business to be successful. And both of those things require appropriate work and delegation and team building and all of that. So I do think my experience in the health space definitely has informed how I approach entrepreneurship. And it's also informed how I coach my clients too, because I think a lot of them are prone to this, um, you know, working too hard, not charging enough, overgiving of their time and energy and getting themselves into this burnout state in their business, which of course will affect their physical health. And one of the things I'm especially passionate about is helping women in particular, be able to build a business that supports their health and wellness in addition to their clients, um, and doesn't cause them to have to deal with energy or hormonal issues or infertility or something, all that stuff that can get triggered by an unhealthy lifestyle. That's often, you know, attached to performance or at least what we think is attached to performance in a business or in a career. Oh my gosh, this, all of this makes sense. Now that I know you, all of this makes (laughs) sense. And the reason I say that is because I truly believe all of us, if we're really listening to the patterns and the things we're seeing in our lives, we find the people we need to help. And you, from what I'm understanding are, you know, very cognizant of your, your energy levels and how we should be smart about our time and not just feel like we have to work hard. And, uh, the mastermind that we're both a part of, uh, the guy who heads it up, his name's James Wedmore talks about like energon cubes and like these, we all only have so much energy we can actually use in a day and how to use it smarter but you already knew that before you joined this because, and the reason I know that is because I asked you about a couple of things while I was doing some launches and you sent me your, your SOPs. Um, and they are brilliant. They are beautiful. And I can tell it's because you're like, I figured out a process. So let me easily replicate it so that I don't have to spend energy doing the same thing over and over again. I think a lot of people, especially my audience is um, they kind of fit a, a, an identity of the linchpin in a business in the corporate world where everybody needs them. And if they mm-hmm. move, the business falls apart. And that is so dangerous from a career standpoint. Guess what? You're not going to move up in an organization when somebody says, if you move, you know, the Jenga tower falls, right? But then also from an energy perspective, because you're probably working hard and it's hurting your health. And what you just said probably resonated not only with women, but men too, because there's a good chance that 
somebody listening to this is, is experiencing exactly what you went through and they didn't even know it was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, they just thought, let me just drink some more coffee. Let me just, you know, work out more because somehow that's going to help and working out does help. Right. But not if you're, you can't burn a candle at both ends. Right. Um, so what would be your first feeling on this? What would be your first step? If somebody was feeling like this, what do you think they should do? Well, I guess it depends on which angle we're talking about, because I, I kind of look at it as there's the physical self-care and health angle. And then there's the scheduling delegation, you know, business processes kind of angle. And I'm not saying either one is better than the other, but they, they kind of have to work together because somebody could be, you know, a master at delegating and team building, but if they're, you know, not eating enough or not eating the right foods or, you know, either over under exercising, there is a sweet spot for all of the the health behaviors, or if they're nutrient deficient, because, um, unfortunately our food supply is quite, uh, nutritionally inadequate for most people, um, from a micronutrient, so vitamin and minerals perspective. And so, um, you could be really good at the business side of things, but physically not feeling your best. And that can affect these symptoms. And then on the flip side, you could be doing all the right health stuff, but if you're working, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week and trying to be a solopreneur, or, you know, like you said, if you're in a, if you're in a role where people need you nonstop and you can't take time off, you can't step away from your computer, you can't shut down at a reasonable time at night. Um, that's not going to work either. So I, I would really be looking to see if there's like a preponderance of issues on one end or the other. Um, because even with the, the team building and delegation and systems development, if your brain is not functioning at its, you know, normal level, which speaking, (laughs) speaking as someone who has been experiencing that since like October of last year. And, and for me, there's really not, not much I can do about it because of the whole pregnancy thing. But, um, I have thought about how, wow, there's people that feel like this all the time where they're tired, brain foggy, you know, don't really have a lot of mental clarity. Um, if somebody's experiencing that, then trying to change their business or change how they show up in their job every day might be a little harder because they don't have that mental clarity to really see the full picture or to make decisions or, um, to even this, there's a concept called stress tolerance. So even to handle stress and to tolerate it and to be resilient to it, if your body is struggling from a health perspective, it's going to be really hard to actually handle what needs to be handled and to make the changes that need to be made at work or in your business. Um, but if you're, if your diet and lifestyle and everything are on track and you're doing pretty well there, then that's where the business piece comes into play. So I would say really the first step would be to identify which of those areas is more of the issue. It's kind of that like triage mentality in the hospital where they're like, all right, what's the biggest issue? And let's go focus on that first. Not to say you couldn't do both at the same time, but I do think there can be some pretty big changes that have to happen. And you don't necessarily want to try to change a lot of things all at the same time. Cause that can get overwhelming. Um, so really figuring out which of those areas needs your attention first. Mm-hmm. And if your body needs the attention it's fine to start there and not necessarily try to like shake things up in your work or, you know, 
hire a whole team in your business. If you're just trying to get your body to feel normal again, and then vice versa, if you're like, I actually feel, you know, if my, if my workload is a little lower, I'd probably be doing just fine with, with my health. Then that's where you would want to put your attention. Um, and not to say that you might not end up doing both, but I would, I would really pick which one you want to put your energy towards first, especially if you have limited time and attention to make big changes. I love that you said that because I think a lot of us are like black and white thinkers. Like it's only one direction that this is really the, that could be the problem when it can come from a lot of different angles. And I love, you know, what's more attainable. What's the lower hanging fruit for you? Is Mm -hmm. it your diet? Is it your, you know, what are you putting in your body? Are you resting enough? Um, and then, or, you know, to your point, is it easier to look at work and fix things at work because all of it affects your energy level. Mm -hmm. It's not just the micromanagey boss. It's the hamburger you eat after the micromanagey boss yells at you, you know? Uh, and so which one is easier to swallow or to fix or to explore first Mm -hmm. before going into the other. But I, I love everything you said because it really is a two-pronged approach. Um, I think our society is really fixated on, let me tell you, Laura, about this one thing that will dramatically change your life. And it's like, there isn't really one thing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a myriad of things together um, that in concert with one another can either be great or a recipe for disaster, like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um and understanding what that is. And I just love that, that we went down this energy path. Cause I just think it's so easy to put the blame on other people or your time or whatever else. And I will tell you that I, as a business owner, don't have a lot of time. Um, and I'm a mom and there's just not a lot of time. And so I actually have meal delivery services to my house so that that's one step I don't have to take and I know I'm eating great food, um, Mm -hmm. locally sourced, you know, or I should say responsibly sourced, most of it's local, but the parts that aren't are responsibly sourced. And I know they're, you know, high vegetable content and things like that. Cause I know that's harder to make. Um, but it has made a dramatic difference, uh, in my clarity versus grabbing a bag of chips because chips are easy or, you know, just something that I can just like, Oh, let me just like make a peanut butter sandwich. That was a go-to for me for like a year. Uh, and it's just not enough nutrients in there. So, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed such a difference. And of course I stopped drinking two and a half years ago. That was a big game changer. Yeah. I had no idea how much that was fogging my thought process and, uh, creativity and all the things. Mm -hmm. So it was really easy to become a scientist of myself, uh, to really dissect what was working and what wasn't. Um, so when you went from your business of like working directly with clients from, uh, a health perspective to your own business, where you help other health professionals market themselves, was that an energy shift as well in terms of like you were starting to get pulled in a different direction? You weren't feeling as fulfilled or you were more excited in the other arena. What do you think that was all about? Yeah, I think, um, 
It's an interesting question because there was a short period of time where there was some overlap where I was doing both the health and the business business. So that was a period of time where I realized that my attention and my energy was getting very split and not, not like a 50, 50 kind of thing. It was like a 30, 30 with another 30 being completely wasted with all the context switching and everything. Um, so that I had to decide, I have to go in on one of these things. I can't really be doing both as effectively as I would like to be doing it. Um, and I think the reason I went with the business side of things is because for me, I could see the path to scaling much more clearly. Um, and something I had been wanting to do for a long time was to create a business that didn't need any one-on-one for me to be able to run it. Not that I actually really like one-on-one. So it wasn't that I hated one-on-one. I just wanted to get out of it, but I knew, um, that I wanted to start a family and, um, that, you know, you can't really scale one-on-one services. So it really needs to have something where you have a, a program or courses, that kind of thing. And I just felt like the business side of things really was a, a ideal mix of all of my skills and things that kind of set me apart from the rest of the, you know, people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, you know, I do think I'm rel- well, maybe not lately since I haven't been focusing on it, but I do think I'm relatively skilled and knowledgeable in the, in the health and nutrition space. But I don't think if I'm looking very objectively, I don't think I was quite as, uh, blue oceany, if people are familiar with that term where it's like, oh, I really have something special and unique to offer, um, my audience and my customers. So when I thought about the fact that I have all of this functional medicine, nutrition therapy training, and I also have been doing online business and marketing and copywriting and all of this other stuff that I've been learning in addition on the side since, you know, 2012 was when, when I really started to um, dive into that and learn how to do that more effectively. I realized like there's really very few, if any other people out there that I'm familiar with that have the combination of skill sets that I have to help people run health and wellness and nutrition businesses. Um, so it was a combination of just seeing like, oh, I can see the vision of this business and what we can build and how we can support clients. And I also think positioning wise, I feel like I can position myself far more as like the go-to authority in this area versus the health space. It was maybe a little bit more competition. I would say that there's a lot of people that are very knowledgeable, you know, easily can help in a lot of ways the way I can. So, um, so that was kind of what led into that direction. So it was an energy decision in the sense that I wanted to have a business where I didn't have to be working all the time that I could do, a maternity leave and the business could still have like money coming in. Um, I wanted to have a team. I didn't know exactly what I, I wanted that to look like, but I knew I didn't want to do it all on my own. And so when I realized that, like, I could see the possibility of that in the business coaching business, I realized like, I think that'll, I think I will be able to get more result for the energy input in that business than if I you know, say, ah, I guess I'm not really a business coach. I'm going to stick with the, the nutrition stuff. And then was going to focus on that area. Cause I actually was at a crossroads right before COVID hit. 
where I was really thinking about kind of starting from scratch in my health business, um, getting much more clear about my niche, getting much more clear about the particular problem that I was going to solve for people. And I was pretty much like, I think in January or February thinking I was going to switch over to hundred percent focusing on fertility for women, as opposed to like kind of being a little bit more broad and, um, hormone health and that kind of thing. And then, like I said, COVID hit, I kind of was like, took a, took a beat to kind of figure out what the heck was going on, had an opportunity to, um, support business owners in, uh, an affiliate program that I was like, Oh yeah, it was for our coach James for his program. And I was an affiliate and I was having so much fun helping them and supporting them and, you know, helping them with the business side of things over one weekend. I was like, I think I could create a program out of this and literally like wrote my outline and launched a beta for the NBA program. And like I said, it's kind of like, you know, the rest is history as they say, but it was something where it just seemed so much easier to like go in that direction. It didn't feel as much resistance. Didn't feel like it was going to take as long to get traction. So I do think energy made a huge impact on that decision. Um, and you know, being pregnant right now, having far less energy than I normally would, um, planning for, you know, two to three months of not working, which I've never done before. Um, I can definitely see how the business we've created is allowing me to be a lot less involved which was my goal from the get-go to be able to work when I want to and not feel like, oh, I have to be working even though I'm exhausted because I'm pregnant or I have a newborn or whatever kind of thing is affecting how much energy I have to, to show up and work. I love this because you, you knew what the end result was, which you wanted freedom and your ability to have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Then you said, what skill set do I have? And you looked at your tool belt, which I'm big, I'm a big fan of all of us doing this because sometimes we don't realize how our, what our through line is. And you, you really figured it out so beautifully in terms of, wait a second, this space, the health space is actually a little bit more competitive and there's the business space. That's also fairly competitive, but what if I combine the two and I become a specialist of both? So you're speaking both dialects, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then that all of a sudden that became something you were energetic about, you were excited about, and you were incredibly process oriented. Um, and that's so much part of, in my opinion, being a business owner, being a great leader in the business world in general, you have to be process oriented and your numbers driven and all that as well. So you figured it out but you didn't sacrifice anything. And what I mean by that is I work with quite a few people who are like, well, I want to make X amount of dollars. So that means I can only do this or this. And typically it's like a role that they've done their whole career. And they're Mm -hmm. just fixated on, this is the only lane I can take versus saying, wait a second, why can't I use all these skills, create a new lane, and then all of a sudden be excited and energetic about what I'm doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that you, you honored that about yourself. And I do believe that that initial graduate school experience probably is always in the back of your mind in terms of, I never want to feel like that again. So mm-hmm. let me make sure I'm always honoring those things. Yeah, definitely. And I even think with the pregnancy, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obvious. I think you mentioned this is my first child. Um, 
I don't know what to expect after. So my feeling is I'd rather be overprepared and have lots of free space to maybe come back sooner or do more than I think I'm going to be able to do versus unfortunately I've seen people who I even talked to somebody recently who had a really rough postpartum period and she basically had to like shut her business down for a couple months because of it. And I think she's doing fine now. So it's, you know, it's happy ending to that story. But what I will say is she mentioned feeling like she wishes she had prepared herself for more difficulty or, or, you know, cause she, she mentioned that she had just hired her first team member recently. Oh, like, gosh. I can't believe it's like, I can't believe you were able to, she's running a, a six, probably a multi six figure business. I think at this point, um, and she just hired her first team member. And I think she's got like a, a one-year-old. And I was like, I literally have no idea how you were functioning because I, part of my process was to hire the team to even like prepare for me to be able to go on maternity leave and not have to do anything and still be able to run our business. So all of that to say, when I heard this woman's story, I was just shocked that like, how did she not you know, re- not realize I'm not, I'm not trying to say this to be shamey or something. I'm just like, to, to think that you could go into a postpartum period and still handle running your business by yourself. Like, I just don't understand how that's even possible. And maybe it is, and maybe I, I will be vastly overprepared for my maternity leave. But my assumption is that I, that is hard and not something I want to experience and not that newborn stages are ever easy, but my goal is to make my motherhood transition as easy and enjoyable as possible. And so for me, a lot of that comes down to like the domino decisions that I've made starting a year ago to get to a place where, okay, now this maternity leave is going to be, um, you know, as, as comfortable as possible with all of the unknowns about, you know, the birth experience, all of that stuff that I don't have any, any say over exactly. Um, you know, but I do have a say over whether or not I need to be on my computer, you know, a couple of weeks after I've given birth or something like that. So I just, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to make decisions. And even with the money thing, I mean, it was funny. Somebody had asked me the other day, if I, if I chose to go into business coaching, because I could make more money from it. I'm like, honestly, I work with clients that make more money than I do in their health business, as far as like total revenues concerned. Um, so I don't think that business coaching is some special, like you make so much more money doing that. It's, and, and we have friends in our mastermind that are doing amazing seven figure businesses that are in the health space and that kind of thing. And, um, so I just think it's really interesting because I think sometimes people, like you were saying before, they might take a direction because they're like, well, that's how I make the most money. And I really believe that in almost any type of work that you can do that typically is service oriented and helping people solve problems, that there is so much opportunity to make as much money as you want. And it's just a matter of figuring out how to market the particular skills. Like you were saying before, like, how do I actually show and demonstrate value so that people want to spend money to get the service that I'm providing. And, and I know we're kind of talking more about like entrepreneurship, you know, business ownership, that kind of thing. But I do think people make a lot of assumptions about career paths that are more lucrative. I certainly would have never, if I was just thinking about making a lot of money, I would have never become a dietitian. That's for sure. Um, but I work with dietitians who 
take home multiple six figures as a, you know, salary in their own business. So I think it's really, really important to not just make decisions based on, you know, what are other people doing and how much money are they making? Because I, I really think we're in a place in history where there is so much opportunity to kind of carve your own path and figure out what's going to be the best fit for you and to really monetize those skills that you have that are unique to you and the life experience that you have. I couldn't agree more. And I love everything you said back to what you said before as well about preparation. You know, um, I am of the same school of thought you are when I don't know what the outcome could be, AKA parenting. (laughs) Um, and, and that's a daily thing too. Like on a weekly basis as a parent, I don't know if the school is going to call me and tell me that my kid has lice or that they have, they, they're throwing up. Like I have, it is literally a crapshoot on a daily basis. The only thing I can control is how prepared I am. And so being prepared has made all the difference. And I was more like you, I had heard hoarder stories from friends where they had this rose color glasses idea of what parenting was. And then when they got into it and it was none of those things, it was this devastating to them. And I thought, let me go down the devastating path of like, this is going to be horrible and I'm going to hate every second of it because it's going to be better than that. (laughs) And it was like a million times better. I'm so glad I had the viewpoint I did. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you're going into this realistically as well, because you're setting yourself up for satisfaction and feeling like you're doing it. Okay. By the way, cause as a parent, you just never feel like you're doing it right, but you feel like you're doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to allow you some space so that you don't feel like you've got to rush back and do like a thousand different things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing that I see in the business world as well. Um, looking for a job. I've got time. I've got time to do that. So I don't need to do that right this second. And then they lose their job because it was a downsizing or I've got time on this giant project that my boss needs in like a month. And then all of a sudden other things get thrown at you and you have like three days. Mm -hmm. It's just like flash forward. So I think it's just how you handle, you know, the unknown of, you know, you think you have a lot of time. You probably don't. Um, in terms of like getting a project done, organizing things, the only time we have is right now. Mm-hmm. And I also agree with you that if you let, if you go and read a book or go on Google and you look at the most lucrative jobs out there, I, I've never done this, but I'm assuming if you did, that if you went for those jobs, you're missing out on the thing that you're actually great at, where your skills would complement the lifestyle you want to have, feeling passionate and purposeful about what you do and all the people you affect, whether it's the team that you manage, the clients or patients that you serve, all of them are a direct hit in your energy. They receive the energy that you put out. If you're pissed, you're in something you don't love, they're going to absorb that energy. If you love what you do and you're passionate about it, they absorb that energy. So we forget all the time. Um, one of the things I always say is, you know, people say, say, why do you want to work with me? Or why would you want a new job? And I hear to make more money. And I always say, that is not a why that is a, what that is something that happens when you are living your purpose. It is the effect of that. It is not what you are. 
Um, and for some people that's harder to swallow than others, but, you know, I, I just love that you address that and that you see that. So thank you so much for your time today. This has been amazing. What is your final thought on living your passion? Cause I feel like that's exactly what you're doing. Ooh, um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is knowing that your passion can change and not making it this huge, super serious, like lifetime decision. Um, cause I've done so many different things in my business in the last, you know, eight to 10 years. And I don't, you know, what I'm doing right now may not be what I'm doing in a few years. You know, there might be some changes or might be different directions that we take. And, and I, I believe it's highly likely that after I become a mom, that that'll create a shift in what I'm passionate about. Right. So it's this combination of not making it so serious that you like freak out and feel like it's this huge decision to, to figure it all out. And also not taking it so unseriously that you just like put up with mediocre, you know, living conditions. Um, cause I do think, you know, what you were saying before about being passionate about your work and your career, especially for women who I think a lot of times struggle. Um, I've, I've seen this a lot. I'm in a, I probably more mom groups than I should really be in at this point if I want to like keep my sanity, but it's amazing to me how many women talk about not wanting to go back to work after they've had their baby and they're like shocked. They're like, I really thought I'd be ready. I thought I'd be excited about it. And I honestly don't even want to go back because I love my baby. I don't even want to, you know, be away from them part-time. Um, and so I think just realizing that, you know, life changes and your desires change and it's okay for things to change. And just because something's changing doesn't make it bad or wrong or, um, you know, that somehow you're, you know, you're a bad person because you're not excited about your job anymore. Um, but I do think taking responsibility for the choices is really important and not just going on autopilot because that's what you did before. That's what your parents think you should do. That's what society thinks you should do. That's what your degree is in like all of the things that could possibly affect your choices and how you pursue that. Um, it's just, I, I think you'll know if something's the right fit for you or not. And it's okay to make a decision that is not just continuing on the path that you are on. And, and I do think from a health perspective, being in misalignment in your life, like if you, if you have a baby and you go back to this job, you realize you don't want to do anymore because you know, your, your passion and your desire has changed that's going to make your health a lot worse if you're kind of forcing yourself into this mold that no longer fits. Um, and so, you know, your personal well-being, your, your health, your mental health, your relationships with your family, all of that stuff is part of the picture when it comes to living the life you want to live. And I think it's really, really important to just constantly be checking in with yourself about, is this really how I want to live my life? Because I think sometimes people don't see the choice that they have. And they just think, well, this is just the way it is. And this is how it has to be. And they can get really complacent and just like, you know, go with what they've been doing. So it's this dual, it's this duality of anything can change at any time. So don't turn it into this like life or death decision that has to be done correctly the first time, but also don't ignore it and think I'm just going to do whatever comes easy. And somehow magically my life will be what I want it to be. Amen. That is so true. I mean, 
I have a degree in supply chain and I am a career and life coach. What? And it has been this beautiful journey that I wouldn't trade for anything. And it was exactly what you said, listening to that voice. And clearly you listened as well. And I love that you're like not locking yourself in. Cause I, I'm just like you, I'm not going to say like, I'm going to die on this Hill. You know, I think that there are so many directions we should go. And when you think about successful people, timelessly successful people, it's the ones that did that. They just rolled with it, right? They rolled mm-hmm. with the markets and the changes and their passions and their energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that so much. Thank you so much, Laura, for joining us. Uh, if people are interested in working with you or learning more about you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I would say the best places to find me would be my website, which is laurashoenfeldrd.com. That's where my podcast is hosted, which is called the Fed and Frillis podcast, which Emily has been a guest. I'm not sure how the publication dates will line up, but she will be or has been. Um, and then my most active social media is um, Instagram, which is at Laura Schoenfeld RD. So people can reach out to me there. Feel free to DM me and let me know what you thought about our conversation today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope to see you in Montana. We're going to be in Montana for our next retreat and it'll be really nice if you can make it, but her baby is due like a month before. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, it's one of those, like, I want to go. And also I want to give myself permission to not go if, if it's the right choice for my family. So we'll see. Exactly. We exactly. Shall see. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Did you love what you heard today? And you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.